to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. So I found a new game. <laughs> new game drop. Anders Lee here, gamer. Typically, I'm not Anders Gate. Anders, what? Anders Gate. Gamer Gate. Yeah, okay. Anders Gate. <laughs> There's a website that I've been seeing screenshots of this thing on uh, Twitter slash X for a while, and I didn't think it was real. I thought people were like photoshopping, but there's a website called NewCampaignTrail.com where you can pick an election and simulate it, and you choose one of the two major party nominees. Is the play out anything like Oregon Trail? Is it like Oregon yeah. Trail for politics? I think so. You know what? That's probably what it's based on. I have very vague recollections, recollections of Oregon Trail. I don't think they had in mind. Because you don't like game traditionally. You like text-based adventures and like card games. Right. This is, yeah. I mean, I do, I do play Madden as well. Oregon and Campaign Trail. Oregon Campaign Trail. Yeah. Oh, no, your vice president has died of dysentery. <laughs> oh, no. Your intern was eaten by a bear. But uh, it has, like, a select few elections you can game out. And then I just discovered, it took me a while to discover this, tons of mods uh, oh. of <laughs> games that users have added and simulated. You can do 1980 as Ted Kennedy if he got the nomination. No way. Yeah. I got to get my hands on this. You can do Bush versus Jesse Jackson. No. 1988, which I have not found a way to win as Jackson, but we're working on that. <laughs> uh, and the one I'm playing now is returning to form 1996. And I'm trying... The game you were born to play. Yes. I, I, you know, I was actually kind of uh, reluctant to play this one because it's very boring elections. And I, but I'm trying all to do all the progress. So it asks you questions and you have multiple choice answers. I, I mean, maybe with AI, you'll be able to type your own, which would be sick. That'd oh, be, my God. Um, You're playing Buffalo Bill Clinton? I'm playing Buff Buffalo Bill, but I'm at, I'm having him campaign would as you a progressive. Me? Okay. <laughs> Having Sorry. a campaign as a progressive. So one of the questions that I'm on right now, and then you you know select which states you go to. It's a lot of fun. But um, <laughs> throughout your first term, there's been a wide array of do what's been described as... Do you do the Iowa State as, Fair? No. Okay. Throughout your first term, there's been a wide array of what's been described as, quote, moral panic over a wide variety of subjects from violent video games and heavy metal to Dungeons and Dragons. Do you have any comments about this? And one of the answers is, you know, at the end of the day, these things are really just games and music. We've had violent movies and books for decades, and no one has complained. I fail to see what makes these so different. Rest assured that if a group of people want to play Dungeons & Dragons while listening to Slayer, we're not going to do anything to stop them. I always say that's what Anders Lee would have said if he was Bill Clinton. <laughs> Should I select that? I th What did Bill Clinton do in real life? Yeah, oh, in real life? Just like, witches are real and we're going to get them. In real life, one of the <laughs> signature issues uh -huh. for the Clinton campaign in 1996 was the V-chip. Which was not... You remember the V-chip? Yeah. Have you lost your V-chip yet, boys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to lose mine before senior year. For our Zoomers in the audience, uh, from our Z-chip listeners, the V-chip was a uh, thing that was drilled into the TV in the 90, late 90s where you press a button on your remote and it turns on like sensors for certain programs. So you can't uh, watch... Uh, adult content. However, it's just a button on the remote, and if a kid has the remote, they can just unclick the V-chip, and it's pretty easy to get. It was just a ploy. Feels like an uphill battle. Yeah, it's just, you yeah. know, this is a non-issue, but uh, the, that was, like, a major thing. It was, like, that school uniforms. Yeah. And keep in mind, these were not government mandates. <laughs> These were just suggestions that Bill Clinton was making to Sexy public Sexy uniforms are on the ballot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, I was like, why did he? Oh, that's why. You got to get more girls <laughs> and plaid. Well, no, I mean, the justification at the time was um, 
if it stops gangbangers from killing each other over sneakers, then I think we got to find a way for it. That was, it. that was the reason, because you would have all these stories on the news that were like, a uh, teenager shot another teenager over a pair of... Uh, what a way to cut couple. to the core of the issue. Be like, the shoes are the problem. Right. These shoes, they're flamboyant. They're violent shoes. Yeah. So you wanted to shoot. So I have options here. I can say I can uh, say we have a moral duty to protect the kids, and we have to regulate video games and metal, or uh, kind of half. What's your strat it. for this? Are you tacking right? I'm tacking left. I'm, I want to actually see what would happen if uh, Bill Clinton was based. In if 96. he was, ba- if he had laser eyes. Yes. If he united Ireland. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, there is kind of a centrist answer, which is it's not the government's place to get involved. These are issues that parents and retailers can handle. Hopefully parents can stop Dungeons and Dragons. So what do you guys think? Should I do the moderated one or should I lurch all the way to left and say, we don't care if you listen to Slayer? Andrews, you got to go based. All right, I'm doing it. Continue. You got to be based, Buffalo The Bill. advisors say, <laughs> advisors say this is a definite pivot from previous statements. Uh, you're have seem, you have a seeming disregard that is incensed moralists. At the same time, personal liberty people and liberal supporters are very happy uh, to see you're going to let the people do whatever they want. And let's see, uh, I don't think it's affected me in the poll, so he could have done that. Damn. Yeah. He didn't hey, even try. This is really cool, man. I'm so happy <laughs> for you that you have this really cool video game. I'm still I'm still working on Buffalo Bill Clinton. I got a lamp made out of skin. <laughs> would you, you f- fuck me? Would you fuck me? <laughs> I'd fuck me hard. <laughs> <laughs> this November, I need you to fuck me. Welcome to the show, folks. It's Game Attack with the boys. It puts the lotion on its skin. He's playing the saxophone. <laughs> That'd be good. The hot days of summer Ooh. are here. Well, uh, yeah, get your hands on the hot new video game of the summer. It's not Diablo. It's, it's new Campaign up. Oregon Trail. NewCampaignTrail.com. New campaign and I'm trying to figure out, there are certain mods that are not even in the mod loader that I'm trying to figure out how to play them because they look even more fun. But. Hmm. I'm playing Zelda and... You don't talk about Bob Dole at all at Zelda, oddly enough. Well, not without uh, yeah. the mods. That's true. Yeah, you need... Bob Dole mod. You need the Bob <laughs> Dole mod, which unfortunately I could not do an impression of as I do not really know enough about Bob Dole. But, uh, you just need to know he says Bob Dole a lot. Yeah, yeah. Bob Dole doesn't need this. <laughs> he replaced Zelda's dialogue with Bob Dole. Bob, Bob Dole is one of the seven sages. He's come to help you. <laughs> Ganon Dole. Fight the Ganon. <laughs> <laughs> now we're cooking. Ganon Dole is here for the people. <laughs> Uh, uh, Bob Dole's captured the entire kingdom again. Um, um, That's I'm, Obama. Yeah, I, I, I veered off into somebody else. Allow me to be clear. I have a sword. Uh, that's enough of that. Um, so the, the news is very exciting and pressing this week, but I think that we could cover one more thing, which is that a father and son duo has destroyed Anders' oh. bike on a whim <laughs> yeah. on the way to record this podcast. Yes, I uh, locked my bike to a signpost. Lock her up. On a quiet sidewalk and side street. And um, I, I, you know, go in somewhere for a while, come out, and there's a mat lying on top of the bike, the handlebars. And there's a man and his son that are, I don't don't know exactly what they're doing. they're, They're like cleaning out some place where they live. Uh, maybe they're fixing something, but they anyway, they've put... Then there's a bucket next to the bike, too, and there's a mat, you know, on the top of the bike, and I pick it up, and I was like, uh, is, is this yours? And the guy um, seems to be surprised. He's like, oh, sorry. Like, he was, I caught him doing something. Uh-huh. And I was like, it's okay. I don't care. And then I unlock my bike, and it, the handlebars are twisted, like, in a 180-degree angle, and I have to untwist them, and that unpops one of the brake cables uh-huh. and so now my left brake doesn't work and i look up and I'm like did something happen and he just says no and that was it <sighs> and i didn't have he didn't have the courage to tell you i was i'm still so angry i'm mostly angry at myself but like what am i gonna do when that's it? am i gonna be like gotta kick his ass dude <laughs> <laughs> don't make me do this in front of your son man <laughs> don't make me unleash the beast here 
But like, at least say sorry or something or own up to it. He draped a mat over your bike. And then it twisted the handlebars and then the brake. But then when you went to untwist the handlebars, that broke the brake. Yeah. You know what? Is it maybe my fault? I thought... I think it's maybe less of anyone's fault okay. now that I'm hearing the story like this. Because the thing is, it sometimes handlebars get twisted around like that. Yeah. Okay, Reddit. But Everyone they, sucks here. In this case, <laughs> it was twisted by a uh, for, by a, an object that was not of my putting on the bike. Do you, I mean, he shouldn't have done that. That's weird. That's a weird thing to do. Do you ever get up to bad behavior with your father? You ever go out and do some trouble? Now, my dad, see... My dad, one time, uh, my friend left his bike in our garage. It was this old shitty bike, and my dad accidentally backed into it and was profusely... I didn't do that. No, he was the exact opposite. He's incapable of being like this man. He's like profusely apologized Anders, to my friend. I must co- Young Anders, I must confess. Yeah. <laughs> And my friend was like, "It's okay. It's I it was gonna. I don't care about that bike." And he was like, I, "I would really feel better about it if I reimbursed you." Allow me, you're, allow me to buy you a bike. You're, he's or, your father. Reimbursing. He's, he's just auditioning he new it. sons. He tried to like fix. It was my friend whose yeah. bike he. Oh, sorry. Okay, he was that trying is. to adopt that child. I think he tried to fix it or something. But yeah. <laughs> but that, but <laughs> it was after my friend minutes was like, "Alone with this thing." My friend was like, "Please don't do anything." And he's like, "No, I'm gonna make it right." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't. I never got up to any shenanigans with my dad. I think it's kind of beautiful to go around destroying strangers' bikes with your dad. It's like a Barton Homer Simpson style situation. Yeah, and that we should encourage it. Although you should have whipped his ass right there, dude. You should have well, beat him. I, silly. I regret just not saying, dude. This is my bike. I'm gonna have to pay to get this fixed. Can you at least say? Sorry. Obviously, mm. something happened in that it was twisted by your mat. Mm. You, I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna fight you. I'm not gonna sue you. Just, just acknowledge that you did something shitty. Not That's g- it. Not gonna beat your ass in front of your boy here. As long as like, you admit your mat did harm. <laughs> like if I left a mat on his car windshield and it got dirt all over it, maybe like scraped the windshield and he had to get that fixed then he would be rightfully pissed at me yeah yeah Yeah. but what if you left your mat on his car windshield and (laughs) then it left like he scraped the windshield getting the mat off yes (laughs) (laughs) i'd say that's still my fault the use of the word Uh, mat really throws this into like vague territory for me what kind of was it like a like a car mat like a mat under yeah it looked like one it was a black rubber mat like thrown the mat down and been like meet me on the mat (laughs) <laughs> Meet me Ooh. on the mat. I'm doing yoga. You know what this is Meet really for. Meet me on the mat. Yeah. <laughs> we'll settle this like men. <laughs> I need you to downward dog so I can fuck your ass for screwing up my bike. I would not do that. <laughs> hey, but. everyone. It's me, Bill Clinton again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, he doesn't say stuff like that, though. He doesn't apologize. He doesn't. Well, no, he, he does. And yeah, it's, he does. He manages to. He says stuff like the dad. He says stuff like, I did not inhale. That's pretty. The yeah. dad, I did not inhale you when he said he did not put a mat on your bike. Anders, I did not. And both did break your bicycle. <laughs> 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 it's a big week for Bill Clinton. He didn't really do anything, but he's all he's always on my mind. Could have been dead for all I know, man. He's um I thought he, about him in forever. He doesn't have a Kissinger body yet, does he? Henry Kissinger has formed this like perfect circle that will be around for um five thousand years because it's structurally like the most solid shape. Yeah. So Bill Clinton has uh Botox injections that he gets. And I know this He's not that hot. Smooth. No, but Bill. he's like what, seventy uh, six seventy seven at this point, and he does not look it. He looks like he's in his maybe early sixties. Um, you can tell, you can kind of tell there's work done just because it's pretty good. Uh, but and I sound crazy when I talk about this stuff. Um, but I swear to God, it's true because they have a team that takes shit off the internet. I have read stuff about specifically Bill Clinton's hijinks that I go to Google it again and it's just off Google. But one of them was that he would get Botox injections and then chide Hillary for not also getting Botox. <laughs> you could be so hot. Yeah. Another thing was that, that there was a... change the 96 election. <laughs> there was a ballet hot card game 
uh, where there was a bunch of like sex workers at somewhere in Latin America. And that has also been okay. No, that is on uh, back up. Okay, they'd put it back up on okay. off post. But uh, yeah, he denies it. But they, they clearly he got laid and he was powerful at that window of time where it's like the internet's up a little bit. I think I can take stuff off of there if I pay yeah. people. Well, I remember, and this has also been taken off. Clinton's campaign in two thousand eight had a war room within a war room. That was the quote to deal with all his sex scandals. Ha! And that war room within a war room got the war room within a war room quote taken off the internet. There's a good uh, there's a good argument for not running for president if you need to have a secret second war room to cover all of your sex yeah. husband's <laughs> sex scandals. Yeah, but he won. Maybe move to a no. Two thousand eight is uh, Hillary's campaign. Oh, right. You said 2008. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm listening. I'm paying attention here. Oh, that is funny. He's yeah, such a liability. Become a little finger at that point. Become a, a sage advisor. Oh, well, she's she's doing great. Um, she should have got the Botox. That's why she didn't win. He was right. This is a big week for... Smooth um, up there. <laughs> smooth up there. This is a big week for uh, uh, politicians who've been out of the spotlight recently. Chris Christie is in the news. He's smooth. He's full of Botox. He's actually a skinny man. They just pump him full of Botox. He's big and he's beautiful. Well, he did get a liposuction a few years ago, I remember. He had but. the band, didn't he? Didn't he have a lap band? Because he, uh, like, he was like dangerously big for a bit. Yeah. Lap band surgery is where they put like a, a metal ball around your stomach to keep it from like getting any bigger so that you just feel full all the time. Right. Is he going to show up looking like fucking Jonah Hill? You know how he looks it, all weird? He's yes. going to get really into surfing, and his skin's going to age. He actually looks kind of good, though, in that photo I saw. <laughs> he does, but those guys that are, like, fat like that, and then they just decide to fully embrace the L.A., like, superficial thing and yeah. get, like, a perfect body. The thing is, you can't lose the weight in your head. They just they have giant heads. They have giant heads. Guys. And the, the skin thing, you can get a procedure for, but it's, like, horrifying. I, they I, just, like, bunch I up think- your skin and chop it off. I think this, the it? human body is a wonderful thing. <laughs> There's more to love. <laughs> yeah. um, which is all to say, this week he visited uh, uh, Zelensky in Ukraine, and he gifted him a signed copy of Bon Jovi's lyrics to It's My Life. <laughs> the, it's My Life. A copy of the lyrics, first of all, <laughs> is a weird thing to give Was somebody. It, I like went on genius.com. <laughs> they printed it out. With the URL at the top of the computer paper. It just airdrops him a PDF. Was this the, like original handwritten lyrics or? I don't know. I am very uh, stuck on the song choice. I have not moved past the song choice. That is not the best song. I think like to try and understand where he's coming from, it is Bon Jovi is like the uh, like a big New Jersey thing. So this is this weird like. UN meeting, uh, uh, this is the song of my people sort of thing. It's not Bon Jovi's biggest song. It's not. I think it's because it's, it's especially a, not relevant to the war in Ukraine. <laughs> I think it's because it's it's kind of like a, you know, you're you're independent and you're the odds are against you and you need a little motivation. This is a song for the broken hearted, like the widows in your country. Yeah. I don't think that song is even for Bon Jovi, man. I remember when that song came out and like Bon Jovi was already a thing for decades, you know, big kind of 80s, 90s band. Uh, Dead or Alive. Yeah. Oh, it came out in 2000. Uh, Living on a Prayer, you know, but that 2000, all right? The year 2000, Bon Jovi's like, John Bon Jovi is like 40 years old (laughs) and he's singing It's My Life, which is the thing a teenager says to like their parent when they're not allowed to go outside or whatever the fuck after... Also, I'm, I'm not going to live forever. And it's just like, you have, you've been living a long time at this point. <laughs> I don't know what you're planning on doing now. You it, kind of have a lot of money all of a sudden. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of a banger because it just uses Bon Jovi AI to make a Bon Jovi song or whatever. <laughs> but like, it doesn't, it's, he's it, riding a motorcycle around in the video and stuff. And he's like, it's my life. And he's like, you're a white man in America. You're it's, it's great. We know. You can do whatever you want. You have a lot of money. You're a famous rock star. It's a weird thing to be like trying to uh, 
to sell us that is a real angst that you have. It's a it's a rocker and it rocks and I cannot imagine Zelensky's reaction to getting this thing and being like, I, I'm not rocking right now. The counteroffensive has failed. We have no more shells. I don't know what we're gonna do. Have you considered living your life, brother? Come on. Yeah. Get out there. Kiss some girls while you're at it. What well, if I'm he, going back to America. What if he like, he went home, though, and he was like, he had he really contemplated the lyrics of Bon Jovi, It's My Life, and that's what he came up with, like, the brilliant maneuver. That yes, he sees the, the path in the road. river, and he's like, like an L, like the L in life. <laughs> Wait, we have to ride a <laughs> motorcycle right up to Moscow. Mm. <laughs> it's an indirect reminder, because it does not include the lyrics from the Steel Horse I Ride song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's but he's rides a motorcycle in the video i think he's always riding a motorcycle there's motorcycles implied shout out to john bon jovi it's implied that his steel horse is there i think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not pictured steel horse <laughs> wait hold on much like the iron horse that is the subway in new york Ooh, much like iron it. horse which is what everyone always calls it I must flee to my my steed. I'm going to look up the lyrics to Bon Jovi. I've never heard the subway called the Iron Horse before, and I am taking it, and I'm running with it. <laughs> this ain't a song for the brokenhearted. Oh. Really? Yeah. No, isn't that weird? That's even less relevant. Why not? Because it sounds like he says this is a song for the brokenhearted, but apparently it's saying it ain't. We're going to no, do a line-by-line line breakdown right now. No silent prayer for faith departed. Okay. No idea what that means. Isn't, well... I think the next line is going to be something farted. <laughs> like prediction. Like it, it, this is written in a bathroom stall. Yeah. And I ain't going to be just a face in the crowd. You're going to hear my voice when I shout it out loud. Damn. It's my life. It's now or never. But I ain't going to live gonna forever. Live forever. I just want to live while I'm alive. Excellent. You're, it is like an AI-generated Bon Jovi song. It's, it's taking cool phrases and uh, throwing them together in a pile. I just want to live while I'm alive is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> my heart is like an open highway. Like Frankie said, I did it my way. That's a reference to Frank Sinatra. Yep. Shout out to Frankie. Uh, live while I'm alive is a prime example of why it's hard to learn English. Where you read that sentence and you're like, this is the same word. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is well, okay. Yeah, this is for the ones who stood their ground. All right, now we're getting somewhere. You know, sure. Pull a zipper out there. Print it out. Get it signed for Tommy and Gina, who never backed down. I don't know who Tommy and Gina are. I should look this Gina up. Gina Gershon. Yeah, it's is it Gina Gershon? <laughs> I. Are you on Genius? Because sometimes it'll have like Gina highlighted for you. I need to go on Genius. You got to go on Genius. We're going to get to the bottom of why we sent this to a war zone. <laughs> Tomorrow's getting a... harder. Make no mistake. Luck ain't even lucky. Got to make your own breaks. There's more words in this song than I remember there being. I, so the, <laughs> apparently Tommy and Gina are characters in the song. He's kind of doing a Springsteen thing where he takes like a working class figure and... Talks about their sings. Yeah, Stacy's working at the grocery store. One of those things. It's a Kendrick Lamar style play. Tommy loses his job as a dock worker due to a strike, while Gina works as a diner waitress. And but that's not is, that's on an earlier album. I guess you're supposed to you're know the lore. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> It's like Coheed and Cambria. You're supposed to buy the comic books if you want to follow all of John Bon Jovi's songs. Yeah. Well. Good luck. Good luck uh, to everyone out there. Good luck. Good luck to everyone out there. Lord. That's what I always say. Both sides. <laughs> I think both sides have a lot to offer. That's the closing <laughs> line of living on a prayer. Good luck to everyone out there. Uh, and you know what else is out there? Extraterrestrial life, Andrews. Some would disagree. <laughs> It's out there, and it's trying to communicate with us and tell us to increase the Pentagon's budget. Yeah. Um, people disagree. You know, this was... Um, we did an episode about this behind the paywall with uh, A.M. Gitlitz about the uh, David Grush, the UFO whistleblower. And uh, wouldn't you know, um, some, some holes are being poked 
in the story. Now, I, I don't if know. If you missed that episode, what you need to know is this man assures you there are aliens just off screen he cannot show you right now. <laughs> but that the government is aware of and uh, actually uh, it's time to take action on. Yeah. Uh, but we cannot show them to you. They will get scared. <laughs> Right, he says he's talked to like 40 people, but he doesn't have any pictures, doesn't have any, you know, actual physical evidence, um, doesn't have any actual beings that we can talk to. I feel like that, what would you need to say, okay, this is 100% real? I think Even like I'm gullible, something. but I'm like disappointed this isn't a more thorough op because you could really get me going with like, oh, we look at this orb we found. It's clearly like done on uh, uh, fill in the blank AI. Like you could probably fool a lot of people with just a ginned up photo like that. And he doesn't even have that. He's yeah. just like, there are guys you can talk to, but they're not. I forgot to tell them. <laughs> I was doing my testimony today. <laughs> His entire argument is, I used to work there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's seen documents. Um, I don't know if he shared the documents, but um, they say that there's aliens and you know that's that in a way is almost more believable than a photo because a photo you can dive into and argue that it's been manipulated and all that stuff and but if he has the has the testimony and he says i seen i've seen the papers and they say this thing was real it almost lends some more credibility to it but um a lot of mainstream media outlets have been sort of um trepidatious about running with this story with the exception of uh the well, one network which is uh news nation which is i you know i that's I, the nation's news i don't think i really knew much about news nation before this story because they were founded uh, in 2020 by Nextar, which at one point was like a radio station where they played the white Sox in chicago and then they've kind of expanded a little bit um but they got this cable network, and they're like, we're going to be the counter to Fox and MSNBC or hyperpartisan CNN now. They used to be that, and they didn't do very well doing it. But they used to be, you know, we're in the middle. We're extreme moderates. We're objective. And now, after Trump, they've just pivoted left or liberal because, right. you know, how could you not in a way if you're like... It's kind of hard to be like, who knows... Uh, are all of the politicians holograms? We're here to give you the facts. <laughs> mm. Well, that's what they've kind of um, resorted to because, you know, the ratings are not gone. They have, like, there's a lot of money backing News Nation, and they've poached a lot, like Dan Abrams and, uh, well, this kind of reminds me of RT in a way. They've, they've poached Chris Cuomo, or they really just gave him a, not even poached, he was unemployed, <laughs> and they gave him a job. Well, they, the poster which, from the couch. Yeah, which was at working at RT America really was, and I mean this in a a good way as well, uh, a clown car. They would just get everybody who was, you know, Rick Sanchez after he made like a weird quasi anti-Semitic remark about Jon Stewart. Yeah, and Um, clown culture, a clown car is a vehicle that brings the community around. Yeah. It's like so, an iron steed. <laughs> it's right, an, an iron, iron horse. horse. Rick Sanchez, very nice guy, community. by the way, uh, was a friend. Um, Rick Sanchez. He's out there somewhere. Thanks he got out at the right time, I will say. The but, guy from Rick and Morty worked <laughs> No, we've talked about <laughs> Wait, this. Wait, that he's, is his name, though. <laughs> yes. No, he's a former CNN anchor. People really don't remember this. He he got fired because he... Uh, all those clones. He kind of said that Jews control the media, but yeah. he was... Kind of said that. He was, like, he was very upset that Jon Stewart would make fun of him for being like over-caffeinated and exuberant. And he was one Jew who happened to control a lot of media, yeah. so there's both sides to it. Well, had he, one too many cocktails at lunch, the thing he was trying to say didn't come out yeah. entirely right. I feel like <laughs> I got Yada, 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 Jon Stewart, who Jews, among yeah. us. The, who stor- among the full story is he was uh, complaining about Jon Stewart on some podcast, and he was saying that like he doesn't get where I'm coming from. I'm the son of Cuban immigrants, and he's a well-off guy, and he doesn't get my plight. And then some the interviewer was like, well, I don't know. I think he comes from modest <laughs> means as well. And uh, he was like, well, look, all I'm saying is there are a lot Boom. of people who, <laughs> in the media who are a lot like Jon Stewart. That's kind of where he... Uh, anyway, we think he's a cool guy. Yeah. We think he's cool. I love his grandson. But anyway, suffice to say, um, 
it's News great. Nation mm-hmm. has poached Elizabeth Vargas, gave her a boatload of money from ABC, and she's this anchor, and they've been running with this David Grush story. Uh, a, a story that a lot of the mainstream networks aren't touching. Um, and it's doing very well for them. I think the only, the first time a News Nation video came up on my YouTube feed was the this phenomenon with UFO whistleblower. Because just doing, trying to be objective in 2023 is not a very lucrative field, you know, not a very lucrative business model if you're in media. The veil has been pierced somewhat. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of hard for that to catch on after the entire mainstream media's uh, uh, war horse or, or their, their slogan for 20 years was we're the objective non-biased media and then continued to act like they do all the time because right. their business model is to sell cars. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny because in the Trump era before that, it's, you know, CNN really was trying to stick to balance and all that stuff. And and then, like, if you criticize Trump, and he's always been like this, he goes after you. So if he's a presidential candidate and you're fact-checking him, you become anti-Trump. You know, you're either, you puff him up and, you know, agree with everything he says, like uh, Newsmax or with OANN, <clears throat> Uh, I guess there's some middle ground like Fox, but clearly they have an agenda too. They're just, you know, a little more... They're in the middle. <laughs> yes. Fox is kind of in the middle yes. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, I mean, this is all looking past the whole thing where objective news as a goal is a farce to begin with. Yeah. If you if you believe, you know, a right-wing or, or left-wing ideology, you do not see merit in being like, well, let's hear about what the opposite of I, what I believe for a while and right. that I'm wrong. Yeah. But uh, they've they interviewed David Grush and they've had all these UFO people on and Elizabeth Vargas is like you know she's a standard sort of mainline once considered a very reputable journalist and she's reporting on this story um, and then this week Ken Klippenstein uh, found out some stuff about David Grush and. Um, <laughs> I don't know. How do you guys feel about this? Uh, <laughs> I think it's really funny. Let's get this on the record. <laughs> he, Ken Klippenstein's of the Intercepts thing is that he's really into FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act, and he will look up any document that can be obtained via FOIA. And I guess he looked up, he went to whatever FOIA search engine he uses for his wonderful reporting and typed in this Grush guy's name. He went to FOIA.com. What he found was that he has a bunch of alcohol-related arrests. Yeah. And it humanizes him in a way. <laughs> and it that doesn't really mean anything, but he published it, and I guess what happened is the fallout of this is that now that guy's pissed off because he's like, you're trying to decredit me by calling me an alcoholic or something. Yeah, and he also, you know, had a suicide attempt. It's a sad situation, um, but during this... He- Almost as sad as this alien's cover-up happening yeah. at the Intercept. <laughs> I guess kind of the point of the story is... He kept his security clearance during this whole thing, which kind of leads one to question why that is. And, you know, is he being kind of... My theory on him is I think he believes what he's saying. He's just being fed stuff by people who have an ulterior motive, which is to get funding for not only the Pentagon, but a series of, like, nonprofits who benefit from UFO research dollars. Mm. Um, Makes sense. The Tom DeLonge Love for Aliens Foundation. Yeah. But News Nation, David Grush's new home network, uh, has hit back hard. They're like, this is perhaps... It's a hit. It's a hit job (laughs) from the villain Ken Klippenstein. (laughs) This is unethical, they're basically saying, because, you know, why would somebody leak this against David Grush? What are they trying to do? Why are they trying to shut him up and the fact that you would report on him having PTSD is anti-troop. You hate the troops because people got PTSD, and he's been open about that. And Low blow, Ken. Yeah, and so they're they're kind they were they kind of ended up saying like, okay, why you know there must be someone in the Pentagon who's trying to shut David Grush up, and that's why they're leaking this to Ken Klippenstein. 
As it turns out, and you could have read this in the subhead of the article under UFO whistleblower kept security clearance after psychiatric detention, uh, it says FOIA documents reveal, as we just said, this is from FOIA, not sources. The um, free public knowledge method. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to init- issue a correction about that. Uh, which is pretty funny. And then my favorite part of this whole thing is uh, Reddit UFOs subcommunity deciding it is now their job to murder Ken Klippenstein. <laughs> the funniest thing about this is that he's pissed off UFO Reddit people. And like they all have the blue check marks on Elon's Twitter X thing or whatever. And uh, he's it, he's been very funny on Twitter since this happened. Like yesterday he tweeted um, that uh, the... After three years, the intercept has let me go, dot, dot, dot. And then the next thing he tweeted, it's very funny, is dot, 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 another ellipses, and start a substack. So ah. that's how he was saying that he started a substack. But the first tweet is a is his bait into making yeah. people he, think he that he got trap. fired over this. And no one, none of these fucking UFO dorks got the joke or read the second part. So it's, there are tons of people replying to him just going like, you deserved this. <laughs> They're too busy sharing his address and printing out maps of his house so they can tactically swat the armed soldier, Ken Klippenstein, the intelligence asset. <clears throat> yeah. And that, that was one of the gems of this whole thing is News Nation, again with Elizabeth Vargas, who is, it's kind of the, some cognitive dissonance to see her, like, former very serious ABC journalist, you know, like, getting hit with a banana cream pie, basically, metaphorically. Uh, but she's they she's talking to this Australian UFO reporter, and they're saying, like, yeah, oh, well, he got fired today. It was announced that Ken Klippenstein got fired. And then towards the end of the segment, they're like, um, just adding uh, some clarification. He says that he was let go, and uh, we're not totally sure what's going on over there. A lot of confusion <laughs> on what's happening with the Intercept website. A lot of confusion. What a great news jargon bullshit yeah. read the second tweet idiot it was a joke yeah yeah they don't have there's nobody i mean the, when you go yeah they, they're not a like many professional serious outlets they don't actually have very uh voracious uh fact checkers and any of that stuff you know this is kind of gone south that's, is, they don't do that anymore this is kind of the dark uh flip side to the usual uh, Reddit signature move, which is that they try to solve a mystery or murder and ended up getting the wrong person arrested. Mm-hmm. And, but they'll deploy like 100,000 people on their lunch break to like <laughs> print out maps and stuff. And this is like, we can do a targeted assassin, assassination, Reddit. Look, I found out where his wife lives. That's the one thing they're good at. Um, one thing I'll say in their defense is that I don't think uh, having a DUI yeah. or a history of being arrested for consuming alcohol means that aliens aren't real. Actually, I think that means that uh, from uh, my own personal research, it seems that they like to talk to us more when we're inebriated. A DUI can be a beautiful thing. It makes you, um, you know, glow. (laughs) If anything, it it, uh, hurts his credibility because it makes me think, wow, this guy's just like me. (laughs) Very interested in aliens and do not have my shit together. <laughs> Could absolutely you... be fed info from a harmful agency. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I wish that... Uh, by the way, Coda, to our Andy episode, he has, has um, debunked, sort of. I still cling to my belief in it, but the aerial school incident, uh, Andy and I talked about that. He did some more follow-up research, and... As he points out, the and you know, for those who are not familiar, in 1994 in Zimbabwe, a group of school children report seeing a craft land in the schoolyard when they're out playing for recess, and two beings get out of the craft and communicate with them telepathically, and saying that um, they uh, should mind the earth and be more cognizant of the environment. They treat- give them a signed copy of the lyrics to John Bobby's <laughs> "It's My Life." Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, these people were studied by a Harvard uh, psychologist who, in all fairness, was taken for a ride a couple times. Uh, he was, 
But it was, you know, Harvard, so yeah. of course, credentials, big deal. But uh, the Ivies. But you know, there's some dispute as to whether or not they had um, previously seen images of like the classic gray alien with the big eyes and the the forehead. And some people say that that was common, and even in Zimbabwe at that time. And then others say that didn't really hit the mainstream, you know, media until later on in the decade. But uh, it's there's no way to know. But um, I do think there's pos. I, I will confess. Some doubt there's a possibility that it was like a helicopter and they it was just a high tech helicopter and they didn't know what it was. But I mean, you know, like I saw a Tesla one time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, is that a damn spaceship? Because I hadn't what seen any fuck because I'm a New Yorker, man. I don't drive, I don't think about cars. They made a Gundam? <laughs> what the fuck is this? A computer steering wheel? Why well, do you got a square steering wheel? You live in Zimbabwe and somebody drives a fucking car up there that... Not to mention, helicopters are insane. They like, are. if you're not around, if you're not seeing footage of helicopters all the time and somebody brings, like, the loudest machine ever invented to your school, you're probably thinking, these are aliens and 40 of my best friends will back me up about this forever in the news. Yeah, you know, this is kind of like that thing people say about, like, um... Like when, when fucking, when uh, the conquistadors and shit rolled up on the shores, you know, they're, yes. oh, yeah, right. Like, Whoa, was that a yup. UFO? It's like just a big boat. Yeah. It's just a blonde man with a beard. But they just never seen a boat that big before. But that's also junk science. Like, this all, you yeah. ever seen a boat like this? That was from the movie What the Bleep Do We Know, which is the most debunked <laughs> thing of all time. <laughs> You know that guy is you've seen oh yeah you've seen the uh, what the cult documentary with the guy who made that movie is in it he oh yeah right after making that movie <laughs> yeah. the leader and this is like a huge move I never saw it but he it was, was like in- a huge deal at the time and then he immediately gets sucked into a cult and his career goes nowhere yeah the the one where they brand you upstate yeah uh, what the fuck Nexium Nexium he was in Nexium <laughs> yeah yeah guy's yeah, an idiot don't listen to him well speaking of cults um. <laughs> The We're Demo- going to talk about the DSA. <laughs> <laughs> Democratic Socialists of America attended Did you get the branded? convention. I uh, wanted to. You but the Rose they- brand? <laughs> I do not approve of they- this segue, and I am going to be taking Andrews to task I mean, for his revisionism. Yes, that is fair. Uh, Even though I did not go in Andrews' mind. <laughs> say what you will about DSA. Lots and lots of problems, but unlike virtually every other socialist left-wing organization in the United States. It is not a cult. Yeah. For better or worse. Unlike Nexium, no one has sex. (laughs) That was (laughs) actually... It's a no-sex cult. When you get all these, like, a thousand people together, you would expect a lot of uh, interpersonal drama, but as far as I know, nobody fucked or uh not one fuck yeah as far as you know no one had sex at the dsa convention and this was in a hotel from what i understand overlapping with a harry potter convention oh not only that okay there was a uh black women small business owner (laughs) conference who you know the exact opposite of of that was like walking through just me in a hammer and sickle t-shirt and i got some interesting looks uh also a black actuary conference. And as it happens, there is a an older person in Chicago, Jeanette Taylor, who is a DSA member, DSA elected, also an actuary and black. So she happened to speak at that actuary conference and then in the same complex went over to speak at the DSA convention. Now that's convenient. They actually planned it around her schedule. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but it was a massive Massive hotel, so they did, did have to like send a person to get Harry Potter conference. Not as far as I know, but that would be interesting. Yeah, it was a fanfic convention, and I saw, um, yeah, like adults walking around in like Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, uh, robes and shit. Um, but they were probably having the most sex, I'd have to imagine. Because that's my next question yeah. is of these four conventions, who's fucking the most? That, probably them, yeah, yeah, probably them, but um. This Probably was, them. I you know, I've been a member six and a half years now, uh, and, you know, the, I feel like the, being a dead horse here, but there is a sort of a, a, a perception on social media that DSA is kind of dead or it lost its 
momentum or it's you know it's it's done it's uh it's a joke and nobody's serious anymore and it had a moment maybe with bernie and now that's it's all burned out or we're trying to be you know like uh junior partners to the dnc or all that stuff yeah a bunch and, of people think it's like of an organ for the joe biden re-election campaign yeah. which is a very funny misreading right of a socialist organization yeah <laughs> and what has actually happened is Twitter and a lot of left media has all of that has happened to it, but that does not mean that the actual organization, which used to drive the conversation, uh, isn't still very active and dynamic and doing all sorts of important things. It's just, I, you know, in my sort of uh, self-aggrandizing um, opinion, because I still do try to keep track of what's happening in DSA and talk about it. Um, the media, the left media has just taken a hit. It's just, you know, people got very nihilistic after Bernie and stopped caring and stopped being invested in organizing that's happening or just decided uh, without actually checking in on the organization, though, that, that it's all, oh, it's gone to the dogs or it's just a bunch of PMC uh, professionals or something. And that none of that stuff is true. All the independent left media has fallen the fuck apart. It's so depressing. Yeah. You open Twitter and it's like all these people that were previously kind of, uh, you know, on some level, the vanguard of some theoretical movement are just like, the Barbie movie was actually mediocre. Hot take. Yeah. 30 minute podcast. Zombie right. line. I mean, we did Zombie also line. do a bar. There's nothing wrong with yeah, but we're Barbie comedians, <laughs> Anders. We're not. I mean, you're you are. You're a pundit, but we That's did that. True. We did that as a joke. Use a voice for Russia. Kind of. I, mean, I came I up know. with the idea. That was my idea. Okay. I thought it would be funny to do a fucking Barbie episode because it would be stupid. And what's weird is that I don't think it read like that when we put it out because every other fucking news outlet did a Barbie three hour expose. Which is stupid, but like it made us look like we were just also doing that. I had a lot of thoughts. So you guys didn't believe anything you said about Barbie? I did, but I don't think I'm the news. I'm an idiot. Jake was never hired by a foreign government <laughs> to, to cover Barbie. <laughs> and I think he should have been. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe you can be entertaining and uh, still have a grounded perspective and... Um, What's going on on the left and in the world, and whether I not I achieve that is another question. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a really interesting convention, and I think of the uh, you know sort of the cycles in DSA. I think that we are getting more advanced as an organization, uh, very mature, and actually debating crucial, important questions. Because what sometimes will happen is you'll either get the, these very big abstract debates that uh, are very heated, end up being kind of inconsequential, like, oh, are we doing elections? Are we using the state? And that just becomes kind of a distraction. Are we a degrowth organization? Discuss. Yeah, stuff like that. Or minutia, stuff that's like, is can be important, but is it doesn't get enough towards those larger existential questions. And this one, I felt like this convention was really in the middle. They were really debating things on, in a very uh, grounded and thoughtful way. And that just comes from being around a while and having different, you know, experiments uh, succeed and fail. Um, and what I, you know, was really struck by was some of the, uh, you know, the, the general vibe, which, we, uh, a few years ago, during the Bernie moment, people were saying like, oh, well, everything's pegged to Bernie now and we need to uh, get away from that and do other organizing, you know, local elections and labor organizing and Bernie's kind of a distraction from that. And, you know, that was a, a, a honest debate is how, to what extent are we pegged to Bernie? And that was something that was very hard to navigate and really figure out. And now that he's gone... It, it really does kind of give us the freedom to actually do that stuff uh, that we talked about in the past, that in a more comprehensive way. So it is sad to see, you know, to not have a national uh, figure like that at the presidential le uh, level who we can kind of identify with. But in a way that kind of frees us up to do other organizing work that uh, was approved. Right. Um, My motion to endorse RFK Jr. did fail. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was a good fight and it was hard fought. Yeah, speaking of which, there was a lot of controversy about masking. Uh, and again, solely online. We did in the convention, and I was not a delegate. I did uh, the show. We did it, helped out with the, the soiree, as it was called. And uh, then um, the iron I observed... Horse. I observed the convention and, and we wore masks and it really was not a big deal. Nobody took issue. Nobody got a rash from their mask or like it, that was a bunch of noise on social media. Uh, it's funny people debating like, well, the fact that you, they are masking shows they're not serious or then other people saying, Oh, the fact that they met in person shows that they're not serious. And it's look, Hey, we all want to be past the masking, but the last convention I attended to play cards, no one wore a mask. There were a thousand people there, and I immediately got COVID. So that can <laughs> and will happen to you if you all gather together and kiss. Oh. So some of the things that were approved, there is a great organization called uh, Emergency Worker Organizing Committee, EWOC, uh, which I can't get into too much, but I do have some experience uh, with them and it's, it's a, a really Wars important yeah it is i i believe Wars. that was um, organizing to make a trap to catch a chewbacca yeah i think that may have been some of the motivation behind the behind the name but um they they're expanding that they're also expanding ydsa on college campuses uh and stop asking why dsa and start asking how dsa indeed um there's a rank and file strategy which uh, we have been talking about a while, but I, I, I do think that people are getting more and more serious and uh, thinking about how this would would happen is encouraging members to get rank and file union jobs um, to start aligning with reform caucuses and making these unions more militant. Uh, also, you know, EWOC will bring in new union members. Uh, and I, the really um, big news item here is the uh, acting like an independent party uh, resolution, uh, which would move DSA towards a party-like structure, um, which was, I kept calling the soiree a party-like structure. Nobody really appreciated that stupid joke. but They should have. Yeah. Uh, Missed opportunity. <laughs> this was not a, and, and this is another question that used to be very contentious that I feel like we have reached an, a, a good synthesis on, is that the ballot line, whether or not we use the Democratic ballot line, that doesn't matter that much. That's not what a party is in the Marxist sense. It's about the membership. It's about the funding mechanism. What's important and, is we are distributing guns. Right. Um, and then this, and this, right. so this measure, <laughs> what it does... Attend. <laughs> is it establishes uh, what, what are going to be like schools for candidates uh, because I think this is a really important thing. People get turned off by like messaging, quote unquote, when we're, when we're talking about political candidates. That seems like a liberal thing, but it, it, it is important to have our candidates have good stock responses to a lot of these controversial issues. When they ask us about BDS, you know, what's the answer going to be? I will say, I'm not going to name names, but there's one local official in DSA who was asked about that in a debate and uh, she did claim she did maintain support of BDS but did not have a coherent answer she was just kind of like I'm listening to communities and stuff like that and I think if we have an actual uh, process for people who are running as DSA candidates to train and and like and co get coached and learn all this stuff that can be very effective um, we're also going to have uh, uh, figureheads, which I think is important, you know, because right now there's a national political committee, but there's not like a Michael Harrington who, for all the problems with him, he at least was a guy that would go on TV and say, I am DSA. This is what I represent. He had an incredible body. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I think, we, you know, that that can only uh, help. I mean, depending on who the person is. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of interesting stuff that went through. I won't you know, go into all of it, but... Um, Who do you think should be the figurehead for DSA? Uh, that's a good question. Um, who's, I mean... You're going to get gritty! Ed, Ed Asner. <laughs> unfortunately, Ed Asner passed away. This is a very serious news podcast. <laughs> we scream gritty at each other. <laughs> Gritty's based. Shows up, does a cross-check. To the ref. He doesn't care about nothing. Grimace is kind of like a new gritty. Yeah, it's, it's okay that he works for McDonald's and is the <laughs> concept a, of milkshakes. He's a worker. <laughs> yeah, you could do... Uh, what could you do? I think we should have Bill Clinton. 
Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) We know he's charismatic. I mean, if we doxed him and it's doable, then maybe we could make him into... He just... He just says he regrets everything he's ever done up to that point and uh, pivots. We hold hold his Botox ransom. Yeah. See, you're, you're proposing doing doxing terrorism to Bill Clinton, a former president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Do not swap me. <laughs> I'm trying to stream all of Super Meat Boy. What is Super Meat Boy? Super Meat Boy. It's so hard. <laughs> There's so many levels with different buzz saws. I've lost the accent. The buzz saws come down, they split you in half like a beautiful woman's legs. You're turning into Biden. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> buzz saws, man. All right, the closest we've gotten is Bill Clinton. There's got to be a younger, oh. sexier person for a Yeah, I mean, they're going to be elected. The mascot of the DSA, the face. Yeah, we're not done here. They do have a mascot, actually, by the way. That was also voted on. Is Rosie. There's a, a, there's a rosebud that's like a anthropomorphic rosebud with sunglasses that's marching. And there was Oh, a, I saw that. Actually, yeah. That's kind of cool. There was a controversy because um, it a lot <laughs> of people... A, <laughs> a lot of people were like, this is stupid. We shouldn't... Uh, debate the uh, you know I don't really care and so they didn't they abstained from voting on it leading up to the convention so because of that it was didn't make what's called the consent agenda which is just like up or down votes and uh, this way it it looked for a while like it was going to actually be debated at the convention and uh, thankfully it made the consent agenda um, so they didn't take up time debating that but that did not stop the world socialist website from saying that it was, which we're was getting a lie. eviscerated on here. Yeah, we're getting eviscerated on WSWS. <laughs> They're on our ass again. There's nothing we can do to win them over. There's got to be like a young, sexy celeb we can just put out front there. Got to have uh, Lizzo, not Lizzo, not Lizzo. See, the thing is, everybody gets canceled though. I don't think it's just Lizzo. Yeah, uh, no, you can't. What about Zendaya? Something will happen with her. Come on. Dating that little guy. <laughs> <laughs> that little guy? Yeah, the short stuff over there is shooting his webs. Is she dating uh, Spider-Man? Yeah, she's dating uh, Peter Spider-Man. Mm. And, um, Spider-Man would be a good DSA. He would, and he's kind of a guy. dumb guy who you can like give books to and stuff. The figure has not supposed to be like smart, right? Like It's supposed to be like a sexual Spider-Man? Uh, I, I think they should probably be smart. <sighs> Venom. Yeah, it should be Venom. Venom is smart, and he's from space. Actually, Carnage, because he's red. <laughs> Carnage is too unpredictable to have. <laughs> Venom, at least we know, we can reward with brains. That's true. Andrew disapproves of the segment. <laughs> I, just have, I have to go get my bike fixed. We've so ended on to... Venom. Venom is the new DSA figurehead. It's, he's your new mascot. Enjoy. If you're one of our DSA listeners. It's the ballad and the bullet, Eddie. <laughs> Yeah. He has like Venom. I All right. like him. Yeah, he's cool. Second one was disappointing. Come on out to uh, Silo on August 23rd. We're going to be live streaming the Republican debate. Are we live streaming it? Is it also being live streamed? Well, we'll, we'll be there live and streaming <laughs> it. That is a misleading way of saying what we're doing. Oh, we are streaming it in the venue. Yeah. Oh, what yeah, what yeah, is yeah, a better yeah. way to say? Well, live streaming we're implies be we're broadcasting it. We're going to be... Will we? Oh, yeah. I guess we're not doing that. We are riff tracking... <laughs> If we're roasting we're the Republican screening. debate. Don't screening and roasting. Tracking. That sucks. What do you want to say? <laughs> Come up, we're okay. roasting the debate. That's well, a, but it's going to be going on live while we're Riff exactly. tracks is like inside baseball. You have yeah, to be a yeah, comedy yeah, yeah. dork. You got to have three means. podcasts to unlock knowing about Riff tracks. Anyway. We will be yelling incoherent bullshit over the Republican debate. <laughs> over Ron DeSantis. is also incoherent bullshit. That's what we're doing right now. Clearly you love it. So come out to Silo. August 23rd. Is that 9 p.m.? I was surprised. I thought this would be like a, uh, you know, 4 p.m. debate, 6 p.m. Uh, bed It's probably situation. out west. They're imagine. starting it fucking late. Yeah, dude. But We're going to be tanked for this shit. It's for time zone reasons, but, it, that, but that does mean that here on the East Coast, it's like, it's a rager. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's going to be so lit. Fucking last call. We're going to be finding out what... 
Ramaswamy thinks. <laughs> Who is beating uh, DeSantis in a lot of polls right now, which is fucking hilarious. This sucks so bad. <laughs> Donald Trump better pull a, a, a heel turn and show up. I don't think he can resist the spotlight. I think he's going to show up the last second. That's the thing is he's not going to. He's saying he's not going to show he up. He better right? fucking show up. It's I don't know what my be, life. I don't know if it'll be funnier if. He doesn't show up and it's just a bunch of losers that like no one's going to vote for. Or if he shows up and just annihilates all of them. It'll make my job a lot easier if he shows up. I think it's the least he could do. I don't know, man. I think it'll be pretty fun. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Uh, What other stuff do we want to plug here? I got a bunch of shit. Um, September 2nd. Me and Jamie Peck have a show called The Woke Mob at TVI in Ridgewood. I've got a ticket link. It's going to be in the uh, show notes and stuff. Uh, September 10th, 9-11 Eve, we're doing a live podcast mashup show with the Antifada, and it's being headlined by our friends Minion Death Cult at Littlefield. I'll have a ticket link for that, too. They're going to brand you, folks. You're going to get branded by the Death Cult. Oh, yeah, because they're a cult. Because they're a cult. Well, that's it for us this week. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, it's finished. It's finished. (laughs) Jesus Christ.